0: everyone! Hi, hello! Welcome to another episode of Alison Rosen is your new best friend. I am sitting here in Dining Room Studios with Alison hayslip who spells it like I do—not the Hayslip L. part, but the right. yes. One L. Uh, what's your when your journey being a one L? Oh. uh
1: I mean, I still have my name spelled wrong. Like BattleBots is out right now, mm-hmm. and while it's spelled correctly on the show, my very own cable provider, ATT Uverse, yes I'm talking to you, <laughs> spells my name with two L's in the credits when you like pull up the info for the show. Right. I'm like, really, you guys take money from me every month and you can't even be bothered mm-hmm. to spell my name right, please.
0: <laughs> is the two L the more common spelling? Because my parents claim that the when they named me back in nineteen thirty two, the one L was more common and that's, I think they're lying.
1: I, I think the two L is more common. Yeah. I got named after, I, I didn't get named after the song. My parents picked the name to Allison, but then they picked the spelling, the one L name, because that's the Elvis Costello song, okay. Allison.
0: Yeah. So, oh, I didn't realize that yeah. that's how it's, I guess that does make sense that that is how it's spelled there. Though. There's plenty of Allison songs. I know. Do you know? There's there's a Gin Blossoms Allison song. Road. Yes. yes, that's uh, yeah. Lemonheads, right? No, or is that... I thought that was the Gin Blossom. Oh, one. maybe it is. On no, Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. There's Allison's starting to happen to me. I think that's yes. Lemonheads. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah.
1: I get confused by the Allison's that spell their name with two S's. I've never seen I've that. I've seen that once or twice. Or that's sometimes how my name gets spelled like at
0: Starbucks. Right. And I'm like, really? Two yeah. S's? There's also like weird offshoots where people will spell it with a C. Or a Y. Or a Y. Yeah. Or I even saw a U because... She Sun? was a ray of sunshine when she was born. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's a lot <laughs> that goes on. Um, You just hosted, you're, you're coming here fresh from hosting the PRISM Awards. Yes. I don't know what those are. I'd like to know what they are. But your manager said that you were probably going to be overdressed. But I see I, you've changed. I had enough time to swing home and take off the dress. I didn't
1: take off the false eyelashes. But Well, I it looks did. very <laughs> good. Thank you. Thank you. I actually didn't host the PRISM Awards. I just presented an award there. They don't really oh. have a, a host. They just have various presenters that get up. What are they? They? So the the EIC, the Entertainment Industries Council, um, which has been around for – oh, I should know this – 20-odd years, I think, maybe almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're they're a group that helps celebrate the good things that happen in the entertainment industry. So the PRISM Awards are specifically to acknowledge and award um, various forms of entertainment, whether it's television shows, film. They actually started doing books and and music as well, too, Cool. that accurately depict – uh addiction problems or mental illness uh, struggles so it's it's they're they are awarding them to say hey if we if we do a good job of portraying this in film and television people who actually struggle with this can watch people go through it on tv and see that they can get help right and hopefully we'll go get help themselves right so we we want to support that and embrace it i think
0: that love line i'm looking at you jeff love line received I feel like I've heard a story about these awards. Yes. Dr. Drew's yeah. won a couple and he's been there okay. a few yeah. times. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Uh, what award did you present?
1: The documentary uh, for, oh man, I, I literally was just there. Why can't I remember this? It was the documentary for substance use. Uh, so it it was, it, it was basically like hour long or, or film programs about people who have struggled with substance mm-hmm. abuse. I can't tell you who won cause that's a spoiler. Oh but
0: Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Fuck, I thought I had the inside uh, uh, lead on all that information. Have you struggled with substance abuse?
1: I have not. No, thankfully. But um, I was first asked to be a part of the PRISM Awards back in 2011. It was right after I finished up with The Voice. And, you know, either by coincidence or divine intervention or whatever it was, I had a very, very good friend who just had to uh, go to rehab. Cause he had a really bad bout and like he, he needed to go. And it was the first time I was actually struck. Uh, it was more alcohol. Okay. Um, but, uh, but it was the first time I, it was, you know, this kind of uh, disease was presented to me in such a personal way with someone who I cared about. And he went off to rehab. And then I think it was like, Oh, that week that randomly my agents called and they were like, Hey, they want you to present at this thing called the Prism awards. And I looked into it and I was like, yes, like mm-hmm. I, this is actually weirdly very, Poignant in my life right now. So, right. and I think EIC does such a great job that I've. They also do something called the SET Awards, which is the Science and Science, Engineering and Technology Awards. That's you know showing great things in science, engineering, and technology for kids who want to get into these fields and things like that. So they do they do stuff with Habitat for Humanity.
0: Speaking it's, of yeah. science, technology, and society, which yes. is similar to the words you just said, was a major offered at my college, and I really yes, and I I remember. Never really knowing what exactly that was. Right. And I knew one person who majored in it. I think it was a tiny major. <laughs> did you go to a college where out. you could create your own major? No. Some colleges had that. Yeah. No, I did go to a small liberal arts college, but it wasn't like, what's the, what's, is it Colorado College or something? There's Maybe. some college that's known for everyone. Creating it would be their in Colorado. Own,
1: probably. Yeah. Their own program. Where did you go? Uh, Boston College. Did you like it? Yes. Oh, I loved it. It's funny. I actually... This is it's so terrible to say. I I went to BC because I didn't get into Yale, and so my intention was I, I'm going to go to BC for a year and then transfer into Yale. Mm-hmm. But then I actually loved BC so much, I was like, screw it, I'm staying here. Yeah. So so yeah, I Take did love that BC. Yale. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's weird in my high school. And this is going to make it sound like I went to some amazing high school, which I didn't. But I know that there are people who applied to Princeton and Harvard. I don't think anyone applied to Yale. I think Uh, Rory Gilmore is the only one I know who chose Yale. Damn it, Rory Gilmore. (laughs) (laughs) So were you uh, an overachiever?
1: Oh, absolutely. I was valedictorian of my high school.
0: Congratulations. What? (laughs) What was your high Um, school like?
1: It was small. We only had 200 and something kids in my class. And it was one of the schools where like everyone knew each other. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, I went to a school and this didn't occur to me until after I was out of high school. But in my school, the cheerleaders were not the cool girls. The cheerleaders were literally like, like the girls who no one knew who they were. And they only sort of appeared at football games. And then you're like, where did those girls disappear to? The, the cool girls in my high school. What a utopia. I know. But the cool girls in my high school played like field hockey. Oh. <laughs> were they smart?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Or they were just, I mean... Well, were the cheerleaders smart? No, I mean no. were the cool girls the smart girls or is no, it they, they not necessarily. valued athleticism? They valued athleticism, school. yeah. Did yeah, you yeah. uh do a sport?
1: No. I played soccer my freshman year and I was terrible because it was the first time I played a sport where like people actually cared if we won or not. And mm-hmm. I was like, nah, I don't I that's when I started doing theater. <laughs> I was like, I want to focus more on this. <laughs> right. And yeah. you
0: you're from uh New Jersey. New Jersey. A small town yeah. Yeah. or
1: Tewksbury, New Jersey. We're so small. My mailing address was Caliphon because Tewksbury didn't have a post office.
0: Huh. Yeah. What was your childhood like? I mean, it
1: like I'd like to say it was adventurous or something, but it's pretty like <laughs> normal childhood. Like my parents are still happily married. I had a younger brother. I grew up down the street from a horse farm. You That's know, fun. Yeah.
0: Did you ride horses?
1: No, I was the only girl in my sixth grade class who had nothing to do with horses because horses terrify me. Why? I don't know. They're just so big, and. The few times I've been on a horse, I've been a little like, this thing has more control over where I'm going than I do. Mm-hmm. I know I understand that they're tame and like technically we can ride them, but I'm like, this horse changes its mind all of a sudden. I'm a goner.
0: I actually, I shouldn't even say why because yeah. I cracked three ribs from horseback oh, riding. See? And then I did that. Well, after I healed, I did that thing that everyone like literally, I literally did the thing everyone says, which is just get right get back on, on the horse. horse. <laughs> and I did. And then my sister, who was also riding at the time, got thrown. Um, just she, she didn't break anything, but at that point, my parents were like, hell no. Yeah. We're done with horses. Yeah. We're done with horses for the same reason that you're afraid, which is you're relying on a gigantic, not particularly smart looking at, you know, body versus brain size animal to keep you safe. And, uh, the Rosen girls shall not be riding anymore. (laughs) Where did you grow up? Uh, Orange County, California. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I miss it. And I remember thinking like five years ago, you know, I could ride again if I wanted to. Like my parents aren't in charge of me anymore, but I still have it in my head that like, oh, I can't do that. No, I can't do that.
1: I, the only time I've been on a horse since childhood is you know, if you go on vacation and they have those like trail you rides? can trail ride. Yeah. But the horses don't do anything more than walk, but anytime they go slightly faster than walking, I I panic. I'm like, just be calm, just be calm. The horses can sense fear. What are you doing,
0: right? Oh, that's that's the biggest mind fuck with animals. The idea that they can actually smell your yes. fear, like that doesn't make me less scared. Right. It makes me more scared. Actually, if if you're dealing with some kind of ferocious dog, I know. Which I remember from when I was a kid. Okay, so you have parents still together. What do your parents yeah. do?
1: Uh, well, they both work from home now. They moved to Hilton Head, South Carolina. But my mother works for ETS, which is the company that creates the uh, – she was a math professor, and she writes math problems for the SATs and the APs and all those kind of exams. Wow. Um, Yeah, so all of you who hate standardized testing, it's my mom's fault. (laughs) Um, And my dad's a CFO of a company, so they're all, like, numbers people.
0: Uh, Growing up – were you exposed to a lot of math problems? And oh like yeah, that? Like, did I was never. Try them out on you?
1: I was never able to learn a second language. Like I took five years of German, and I I can say ich spiele Fußball, and that means I play soccer, <laughs> and that's it. Um, but I was said that'll that- certainly
0: come in handy. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> But I always said that math was like my second language, mm-hmm. you know, I understand. I'm the person that when we go out to dinner with a large group of people, I'm the one who figures out how to split the bill and what the tip is and right. all that
0: kind of stuff. So that's interesting then that you went in the theater performing direction. Did you yeah. consider going in a more math science direction? I
1: did. I Science was definitely my best subject in school. And it was when I was in high school and I one of my favorite teachers was my chemistry teacher, Mr. Burrow. Um and I guess it must have been junior year is when you start applying to colleges, right? Yeah. End of junior, beginning of senior year, whatever. I was definitely applying to schools, but I was applying to some schools as like an engineering major and or a chemistry major mm-hmm. and some schools as a theater major. And I remember Mr. Burrow coming up to me and being like, so how's college application going? And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm kind of like figuring out what I want to do in college and what I want to do, you know, where I want to go. And he was like, Allison, look, like you're really great at science. Like you're my best student. But you love acting. You need to go do that. And I was like, okay. If my chemistry teacher is telling me that I need to go be an actor, then that's
0: what I need to go do. What a good teacher. That's really cool.
1: I know. And it always stuck with me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you miss chemistry at all?
1: I... I mean, I'm not going to say I miss it, but I get excited <laughs> when it, like, pops up in my life. I'm like,
0: oh, I understand this, you know? Yes. Recently, covalent bonds came up on yes. the show somehow. And I'm like, wait, there's I know what that is yes. versus ionic bonds. And then also, I get excited when any sort of periodic table of the elements things come yes, up. Yes, exactly. Comes up because I feel like I have a sense of that. Um, But beyond that, because I took AP Chem uh, in high school, but I never thought... What is the application of this? Right, and I think the application of that, for the most part, would be like pharmacology. Yeah, right, and that doesn't interest me.
1: Right, 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 right. I just kind of like the idea of standing in a lab and like mixing things in beakers.
0: Right, you know. How did you feel about biology? Oh, I hated biology. Yeah, it was yeah. all memorization. And exactly. That smelled like formaldehyde. Yeah,
1: and then like sometimes you got to cut open an earthworm. And I didn't
0: enjoy that. Di- no, we did a lot of dissection in seventh grade actually, and yeah. I didn't. I didn't like that. No, I
1: wasn't into that either. I was chemistry and physics for sure. And I did no physics. Oh, really? Physics is hard, right? Well, physics is kind of one of the more it's it's like oddly logical, mm-hmm. but it, it is just like you know, learning that this plus this equals this. Now let's watch it happen in real life.
0: Right? Yeah. Does it work best in this? Is the this is truly the nerdiest podcast <laughs> I've ever done. And I've had people that would consider themselves nerds on, yeah. but more like the comic book nerds. But right. this is true academia. Yeah. Does physics work best in conjunction with calculus? Like you should be yes. learning them at the same time. Yes, right?
1: absolutely. And okay. also, physics works best in a vacuum, right? Because everything <laughs> happens perfectly, <laughs> right? And how far did you go in math? Uh, AP Calc BC.
0: I don't even know what that is. It's.
1: It was like. The AP Cal class that only had six kids in it because we were like, we were too smart for the other, mm-hmm. the actual AP Cal class or something like this. Wow. Our teacher would sing us songs. The, I oh, I wish I could remember it. He sang us a song that was like low D high, less high D low, which is how you're supposed to, oh, this, my mother's so upset with me right now that I can't remember <laughs> this. It has something to do with, you know, signs and that kind of thing. But, yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm trying to remember that. I, I don't think I got to that song. Yeah. Um. But yeah, calculus was hard for me. And I do think I wasn't applying myself, but I also think I just wasn't understanding it.
1: Well, I think that's a big part. Like By the time you get to these advanced classes in high school, most people have way other cooler things to pay attention to in their lives, oh, I like a social though. life. <laughs> oh, I'm was just fledgling. My my high school was like literally school or... What play I was doing. That was mm-hmm. the only thing I did in high school. I just didn't really have a social life outside of school. Were so. you popular? I say no. Um, I don't feel like I was ever part of the the popular kids group, quote right. unquote. Um, but I also was one of those people who kind of was friends with everyone it's more like I. you were
0: popular it was like
1: I didn't have a group it was like I didn't have my friends I just was sort of there and everyone was like yeah okay I'm okay with Allison right and it wasn't until after I got out of high school that I found out that more people really liked me than I was aware of Mm -hmm. which kind of made me angry because I was like you do most of your growing up like figuring out who you are in in high school and I'm like I spent high school thinking like boys didn't like me and I didn't really have friends and then afterwards you find out all this stuff and I'm like, guys, you shaped me into like a totally different person. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> well what I'm thinking though is that if you were that scholastically advanced, I would imagine anyone who is that way would have some insecurity. I just think I just think yeah. being super smart and insecurity go hand in hand. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, I, I would absolutely say that. But I th- I think it has to do with the fact that you don't relate with people immediately. Mm-hmm. You know? Is that
0: how it is for you?
1: I think it used to be. I think now I've realized, honestly, I think it's because like I got into hosting and I realized how to connect with people and how that brings out better stories in people. Mm-hmm. I've, I've learned how to connect with people a lot more. But I think growing up, I was not like that at all.
0: How did you get into hosting and performing? Oh, my gosh.
1: Well, I was acting. That's obviously what I went to school for. Um, and I moved out to L.A. like
0: three weeks after I graduated college. And at that point was the dream movies or television or what was the dream I wanted point? to be an X-Men <laughs> <laughs>
1: I became an actor so I could play a mutant at some point um but yeah you know when you first come to LA it's like I'll take whatever I'll right, right. McDonald's commercials paid my rent for a very long time uh and then the hosting came about because I was bartending as you do this was like in 2007 And uh, the third stop right across from Cedar Sinai. It's a really great beer and wine bar. If Mm -hmm. you live in LA, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, But I was wearing a Nintendo remote control charm necklace. (laughs) And a guy who worked in development at G4 came in and sat at the bar, asked me about the necklace. I was like, Oh, I've played video games since I was like five. And he was like, but you're a girl. And I'm like, yep, that's, yep, I am. And then (laughs) we talked for like two hours at the bar. And once he realized that I'm, a super nerd he was like you need to be on our network and he brought me in for a meeting at g4 and for some reason they hired me and they stuck a mic in my hand and all of a sudden I was interviewing Justin Long and I was like what is happening like I didn't I didn't know what I was doing mm-hmm. and so I knew how to act and so my my initial instinct was to act like a host so I sort of was kind of doing my best Ryan Seacrest impression mm-hmm. And then slowly and surely, I I realized the more I just kind of was myself and just talked to these people like a regular human being, the better it was. And and that's how I got into hosting.
0: That's so interesting because I used to get sent out a lot for hosty stuff. And on my way in, I'd be like, they're not looking for me. They're looking for a blonde host, hosty host person. I think we all know what I'm talking about. Yes. I'm just going to assume we do. (laughs) So yeah, it's like I was kind of doing my best impression of what I think that is, which isn't me at all. And and probably when you're not doing yourself at all, that's not when you book a job.
1: Exactly. Exactly. People see through that, you know, or something just doesn't click and they're like, well, she's not right for
0: it because they're not being them. Did they kind of shape you into like being yourself more or did you realize that on your own um i think i realized
1: it on my own the The second job that g4 ever sent me on was to cover this thing in vegas called the muscle musical that were these like crazy japanese stunt guys who did almost like kind of a cross between a cirque de soleil mm-hmm. dance hip-hop show thing um and i I, I got to Vegas and I, I, they, it was the first time working with this one producer, Karada, who I worked with through all four years at G4. And we got there early. And so we went and got some lunch and we're in Vegas. So we're like, we'll have a beer or two at lunch. And so we have a beer or two. We go in to interview these Japanese guys. None of them speak English. So we have a translator there. And I'm interviewing a, a mountain bike guy. He like does stunts on a mountain bike. And he, he looks at me and he goes, he's like, I, I jump you. And I'm like, what? He's like, I jump you. And the translator's like, he wants to jump the bike over you. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm up for that. I'm game. And they're like, great. Okay, lie down on the stage. And I'm like, cool. And I, you know, I lie down on the stage and I have my my legs together, my arms by my sides. And and the guy comes over. He's like, no, no, no. Put arms out, arms out. And I'm like, what? And he, he has me like basically like as a starfish, right. like my legs and arms as far apart as I can be. And I'm like, what is happening right now? And then this dude rides his mountain bike at me like as fast as he possibly can and screeches to a halt inches from my face and then jumps over my body like uh, what is it when you take a knife and you stab it between your fingers, yeah, you know, whatever that imagine. is. Yeah. And he's like hopping it all over me and I am losing my shit, but I also can't move.
0: I'm losing my shit just listening yeah, to this story. Because
1: I was thinking he was just going to ride his bike sure. like off a ramp over me and instead he's like hopping this wheel over my limbs and I'm like, oh my God. But apparently because of that video, the execs at G4, when they saw, it, were like, "Wow, this girl's up for anything. We need to like send her out for more of this stuff." And right. then all of a sudden, I became the girl who ca- covered all the action adventure stuff. And I'm and they never guns. put you on a horse. No, thank God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so did that mean that you had to do a lot of scary things?
1: Yeah, but it, thankfully it was all stuff that it, I, I'm I'm big on saying yes when an opportunity presents itself. So. You know, I, I got to swim with sharks twice there. That didn't really scare me until I was actually in the water and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. These are like <laughs> actual sharks. Um, there was one where uh, I was – it was the launch of a new Suzuki Superbike, which are those bikes that they – the guys race at such high speeds that when they turn corners, their knees scrape the ground. Mm. And so I'm interviewing this guy about the bike and then my sound guy's like, so you're really going to get on the back of one of these things going a buck sixty? And I was like, what? He's <laughs> like – you didn't know you're riding this later? I'm like, are you kidding? Like G4 basically just didn't tell me until it was too late for me to back out of it. Yeah. And so I was freaking out, freaking out. And then I was like, all right, here we go. And I got on the back. This guy who's a professional racer just had me hold on. And we were going 160 miles an hour on a racetrack. And it was the first time in my life where I was like, I should have called my parents before I got on this bike because I might not make it off this thing. Mm. Or I'll make it off, just not alive. Were you angry? No cuz once I survived I was like that was actually exhilarating. Yeah. What did you ever say no to anything? Uh no, but I did tell them that the one thing I would the two, there's two things I would never do is skydive and bungee jump. I just have no desire to ever do those. So yes. they they never put me in that situation.
0: I will never do those either. Yeah. Um I I actually my best friend this is a bummer story I'm going to tell it anyway. Oh. My best friend growing up she and I lost touch um but i what i knew of her one of the things i knew of her was that she was super into skydiving and she died
1: skydiving yeah oh shit
0: uh yeah yeah, in paris california i I don't know what like there's some facility there that apparently had there was an investigation because they had like whatever the appropriate quota of skydiving deaths per year there were just way more than that. Ooh. So I don't know if they're I don't know what was going on there. But anyway, I already was never gonna skydive. And now you're like, definitely not. Yeah, now yeah. I'm definitely not. Um although I don't know, the the odds are you'll be fine. Yeah. But if they I aren't, just, it's just not I just I'm fine. Here I know so many ground. people
1: who have done it and they're like, it's such an amazing rush and you feel so alive. And I just feel like whatever I would feel like after I skydive is not worth the amount of anxiety I will feel prior to skydiving. Yes.
0: You know yeah I and my thing is like, and I don't know what it means that I feel this way, but it's like if something happened, I would think like, what a fuck, well, I wouldn't other my, an attitude I would have about it, <laughs> what a waste, right, like yeah. for that, for that thrill that yeah. I was seeking, so I don't know, but you know what is not a waste is blue apron do you, are you familiar with blue apron the, the they they send, send you, food. you, yes,, yeah. they send you food um, to make a delicious healthy meal it's perfectly proportioned so you don't have to do that thing where you're like i would like to cook something my brother and his girlfriend get this yeah it's great it's great because for a lot of people you're like i want to cook something but that means you have to go to the store and you have to buy the you have to find the recipe go to the store buy the ingredients you have leftover ingredients you don't know how much to buy you end up buying more um blue apron you buy more than you need uh blue apron takes out all the guesswork and just makes it super simple uh they deliver farm fresh ingredients and step-by-step recipes to your home, allowing you to create healthy handcrafted meals without going to the store. For less than $10 a meal, they send you fresh ingredients, all perfectly proportioned. Um, So it's, you'll just be like Rachel Ray there with all your exact amounts of what you need. And the recipe cards are great because they have big pictures and they, you know, depending, no matter what your, your cooking skill level, you can definitely make the meals and you'll want to keep the recipe cards because um, they're just like, they're on heavy cardstock and that's not something that they emphasize. I'm just saying <laughs> as someone who enjoys stationery, I appreciate the recipe cards. Each meal is 500 to 700 calories per serving. It's so tasty. You'd never know. Cooking takes half an hour. Shipping is flexible and free. The menus are always new. They don't send you the same meal twice. Um, This week, they are sending stuff like flat iron steaks with arugula pine nut pesto and heirloom tomato panzania or uh, chilled summer soba salad with sweet corn and verju soy dressing. Those are just a couple of things they have. So check out this week's menu and get your first two meals free by going to blueapron.com slash Allison. Again, my treat. First two meals are on me by going to blueapron.com slash allison okay back to this allison yeah so i'm gonna were get doing, free meals after this that's right <laughs> so you were doing stuff at g4 what was your yeah. actual um like position at g4 oh
1: gosh i i guess technically i was their correspondent for attack of the show but then i also hosted american ninja warrior and then i became the sideline reporter of american Ninja then the, the network owned me so they could have <laughs> me do whatever they wanted to do i when, also did the feed
0: for a while so when you met this guy in the bar yeah um were you what was your reaction to all of that were you like oh i've made it like this is the dream come true or were you skeptical I, no
1: i i guess it has more to do with what i was saying like i like saying yes to things someone's guy was like come in for a meeting i was like sure and I, I just didn't know what it was going to be become right i remember walking home from because i I used to live within walking distance of g4 so the day i went in to actually sign my contract i remember walking home and being like oh my gosh i did it i have like a regular tv job in la like that's kind of amazing yeah did you quit your bartending job at that point or had you already quit i kept it for as long as i could because you still have that, like, panic, you know, right. of I'm never going to work again. Um, but then it got to a point where G4 was working me so much, I I couldn't work the bar mm-hmm. job. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
1: So then after G4, yeah. what did you do? Well, I did The Voice during my last year at G4. Uh, what were you doing at The Voice? I was their first social media correspondent. Nice. I was a glorified backstage host, basically, <laughs> who read tweets on air. Right. Um but it was really cool being a part of a first season of a show. Was so, that?
0: Did they reach out to you for that, or was that um, a position that you had pitched them? No, they they reached
1: out to G Four. Actually, it was right after the NBC Universal Comcast merger, mm-hmm. and the NBC Universal had just picked up this show, The Voice from Holland, because that's what it, it was—the Voice of Holland—and um, they needed part of the deal was that they had to do the first season in the U.S. exactly like how it was done in Holland. And so Holland had this social media spot. And so NBC was like, we don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, so, but they had just merged with the tech network. Right. So the powers that be all discussed and and the president of G4 was like, yeah, you should look at our girl, Allison; She'd be perfect for it. And I got called into this meeting, ran, you know, this is before they're like, you're getting called in for a singing show. And I'm like, what? Like, what? <laughs> And I meet with two of these executive producers in an office that they've literally just moved into that day. So everything's in boxes. Mm -hmm. We sit there and we talk for 20 minutes about how I like music and what I think about social media. And then that's it. And then two and a half weeks later, I get a phone call that I'm starting in 36 hours on the show. Mm. Like when I first got to set, my deal wasn't even done yet. So they had to keep me in my dressing room for two hours until my (laughs)
0: lawyers finished my deal. Who were the hosts at that point?
1: It was, uh, well, Carson Daly hosted it. And then it was Adam Levine, CeeLo, Christina Aguilera, and Blake Shelton. So you must have had the yeah. sense right away that like, this is a big deal. Well, it, definitely when I first showed up on set and I, they brought me to my dressing room and my door faced Christina Aguilera's door, <laughs> I was like, what? Where, what am I doing? Who am I? You know. Mm. So, but it was cool. But I, the, all four of them were so, all five of them, I should say, were so, they're, you know, you, they're people. And once we were all backstage together and all working on the same thing, I never felt out of place or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it was that initial reaction, being like, Christina Aguilera is my coworker right now."
0: <laughs> um, you did that for a year, or for, for the first a- season? The first season? Did yes. they? I don't watch the, the- Voice. Did <laughs> they okay. not?
1: Did they not bring that position? No, back? no, they did. But what they decided is that they wanted to make the position more about the music aspect, as and as opposed to the social media aspect. Uh-huh. So they brought on Christina Milian. Oh, okay. Um. So. I le- I left both G4 and The Voice right around the same time, but then I went on to go do Battleground, which was Hulu's first scripted series. So we had we did an awesome first season, and then we didn't get brought back for season two, and then House of Cards came out. <laughs> and then everyone started watching television online, and we were like, oh my gosh, we were like a year right or two early. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, what was your experience like doing scripted after having done all the non-scripted stuff? It
1: was – I I absolutely loved it. Like that could not have been a better project for me to land right after all the hosting uh, because the way J.D. Walsh directed it was so – he just wanted it to be so natural and so slice of life. So he pulled out all of the hosty stuff from me. And it was almost like I got a crash course back into acting. Mm-hmm. And so once I left Battleground, I felt great going back into –
0: the acting world like what time. kind of hosty stuff were you doing staring straight at the camera with well yeah. <laughs> yes totally
1: holding a mic in my hand yeah, and being like, always no. but you know you just you learn to enunciate better as a host because you have to make things a lot clearer and then you realize people don't talk like that in real life right so that you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. and what happened after battleground what did happen after battleground what did i do after that i don't know i did a bunch of uh like guest stars on shows like i was on franklin and bash and uh did NCIS and Bones, and uh, now I'm on Battleground, and I've got Con Man coming out. So, oh
0: yeah. yeah, Tell me about that.
1: Which one? The Con Man. Con Man. That's another. Allison didn't realize she was tripping into something that's was going to be as big as it's going to be. Thing. Um, Talk about you I, or me, <laughs> both. <laughs> um, so, Con Man is a show that Alan Tudyk created, uh, and Nathan Fillion is helping produce it. And they raised over $3 million on Indiegogo to make this show that's all about a guy who makes a living going to conventions. That's why it's called Con Mm -hmm. Man. Um, But they pulled in, they just called all their friends to be in this show. So there was one day, I'm driving back from a wedding in San Diego. It's 11 a.m. on a Saturday morning. And my phone rings and it's Alan Tudyk. Now, Alan and I met at Comic-Con two or three years ago and we exchanged phone numbers, but we've never communicated mm-hmm. via phone since that moment. We see each other at parties all the time, but he's never reached out to me. So right. I instantly think it's going to be a, bu- it's a butt dial. <laughs> I'm like, you you know, you have an a name, you get yes. butt dialed.
0: Oh my God. Yeah.
1: Uh, so I'm like, I-, I let it go to voicemail. I'm like, this is not a real phone call. And then I check the voicemail. And it's like, Hey Allison, it's Alan Tudyk. I want to talk to you about doing something con man. And I'm like, what is con man? Like <laughs> it wasn't even clicking with me. And I call him back and he's like, what are you doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? And I was like, oh, I'm flying to New York tomorrow because I had press and things to do out there for BattleBots. And he was like, oh, I wanted to give you this role on Command." I'm like, wait, <laughs> you want to give me a this is like an acting gig? Like this is a job? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I will cancel my flight mm-hmm. for a job. And so I, I was like, give me like an hour and let me make sure I can reschedule everything. And so canceled my trip to New York less like less than 48 hours later I'm on set shooting and it wasn't until I was on set that I was like oh this is like a big project I'm a nice big part of it mm-hmm. and uh and that and they were like you want to come to Comic-Con and do all our press and I was like what if, what did I just step into How
0: did you feel <laughs> about only being given 48 hours though too There's something I love
1: about that because you're not allowed to get in your head at that point mm-hmm. you don't have time that's when all your training takes over and you're like all right I just I have to do this job Don't stress about it. Just go do it. Right. You know, when you're given too much time, especially as an actor, you sit there and you like overthink things. And then when you actually get to set, you've stressed yourself out about it. So I kind of like being rushed into things.
0: And rescheduling your your New York stuff for BattleBots wasn't a problem? No, no,
1: no. I was like, bye, guys. I'm not coming. Sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What do you do on BattleBots?
1: I'm their sideline reporter. So it's a very similar job to what I had on American Ninja Warrior. I interview the competitors Mm -hmm. before and after they battle. uh, And it's really freaking awesome.
0: (laughs) So what of all the things you do, what what do you want to do the most?
1: Acting is definitely where my passion is. I mean, that's yeah, obviously that's what I trained in. Mm-hmm. It's it's the thing that gets me going and I feel like it's what I learned the most about. But I so appreciate what hosting has done for my career, especially the things that I've gotten to experience as a host and the places I've gotten to travel. And I, I kind of feel like down the line, I'd love to have my own late night show, something mm-hmm. like that, you know. That's cool. So, yeah.
0: Um, let's take some questions that people sent in over Twitter, but first I have to tell you mm-hmm. a story, which is, uh, so we have the same agent of the same agency. Oh, that's right. We're at Bertha Gersh. Yes. A while ago they were, um, reaching out to people cause they wanted to make sure that they had everyone's updated resumes and bios. Right. And they sent me one. They're like, does this look good? <laughs> and it was yours. Oh, really? And I was like, it looks good, <laughs> but it's not me. But yeah. It looks so. good for Al's and Hayslip. Right. That's so funny. So, uh. We have that in common. Yeah. We both have your bio. Uh, uh, okay, let's uh, read. Let's do Topic Sombrero. It's the topic, Topic Sombrero.
2: It's down for Topic. Topics and you sent them in. It's the
0: topic, Topic Sombrero. Now pick the topic and let's be. A big time.
2: It's time for the topic Dad
0: That is oh Brooks Wheelan. I know coming Brooks. up with his his own thing over our song by oh, Trap Dog. I see, yes, right at the
1: end. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say I am jealous of all your theme songs. Oh, thank you, They're amazing. <laughs>
0: That's the appropriate response. Yes. Okay, Liam says favorite restaurant and item on the menu. Oh gosh, anywhere favorite restaurant.
1: Yeah. Ah. Uh, okay. Oh, I can actually I can answer this because I just had it down in San Diego. There's an Italian restaurant called Aqua Alto. Um. This great Italian. I already said it was Italian. Whatever. Guess what? It's Italian. <laughs> they have um a blueberry covered fillet down there that is so freaking good. And my first Comic Con, which was eight years ago, Blair Butler, we told me because we were having a um a uh like cast and crew dinner, mm-hmm. G four dinner. Uh, at this restaurant She's like Get the filet with the blueberries on it I was like What are you talking about Like meat with blueberries That sounds weird And I ordered it And now every single year That I go to Comic Con I get that filet with blueberries
0: It's so good It does sound weird Yeah It does Is it but sweet it's delicious. or savory or both It's both It's both Sounds good Yeah Okay Lennox Ruiz says What is the relationship Of former uh, Attack of the show This is This could be a simpler question What's your relationship With Olivia Munn oh i
1: haven't seen olivia in ages um i mean you know olivia went on and be- like all of a sudden became like massively famous after she left g4 i don't think any of us have a bad relationship with her it's just we don't really see her well, i see i see all the other hosts much more than olivia that's for sure his
0: question actually is what is the relationship of former attack of the show hosts with olivia Munn? oh all the other so hosts? maybe that is what he's asking yeah if- I mean, all the rest of that. us are
1: very, yeah. like, we still see each other and go out and hang out. We don't really see Olivia, but it's not right. like if I saw Olivia on the street, I would avoid her. Like, right. We're
0: fine. <laughs> um, Aaron Silcox says, when will you be on At Attack again? Reminds me of the good old days you and Kevin have oh. humorous chemistry.
1: Yeah. Kevin Pereira show on Twitch. I don't know. I Honestly, I go on that show whenever Kevin calls me up last minute and he's like, hey, what are you doing at four o'clock today? Can you come <laughs> by? And I either say yes or no.
0: Some people book their shows exclusively that way. Yeah. And as someone who's a frequent guest, I'm always like, you can't give me any more notice than this, right? <laughs> well, but
1: thankfully, like Kevin is such a good friend of mine that I don't feel bad saying no. Right. And I've had to say no a couple of times. I'm like, I'm not even in town. I'm sorry, yeah. but you know, if I was and I was available, I'd be there. So
0: I'm actually, oh, I mean, I'm always flattered when that happens. Yeah. It just it's like it reduces the likelihood that it'll work right. if it's a same day kind of booking. Right. Um. Ben Mikasell says, uh, "What was your the favorite sketch or story?" of Alison Hayslip that she was in on, on attack of the show. Oh,
1: wow. Oh my gosh. That's making me go into my vault. <laughs> um, Oh, I did one where I was, it was like right when Siri came out, like right when all the iPhones got Siri. Mm-hmm. And I did one where I was playing a possessed Siri, which was actually very fun. And I was basically like Satan tied to a chair, but I was
0: like giving people directions. Mm-hmm. House, okay, so G four is no more, but R I P. How? What was? How much longer did it go after you left? About a year. And what yeah. made you decide to leave at the time you did?
1: Uh, well, it's <laughs> this gets into boring contract stuff, but my deal was up at G four, but my my voice deal was not done yet. So the the when I signed on to the voice, NBC had first position on me. G four had to take second position, and this was prior to the voice deciding they were going a different direction with my job so the way g4 looked at it was um they couldn't use me because i I was on this successful show now Mm -hmm. they were like we'd love to give you another contract but you we have to take second position we're not going to be able to use you but what we will do is use you freelance right so they weren't going to give me another contract um so my g4 contract ended very shortly thereafter my voice contract ended so i was in this like all of a sudden for the first time in four years i didn't have a job were you scared i was oh yeah i was it was probably one of the more dramatic times of my life when i was in la yeah um or since i've been to la uh but very shortly after that was when i got battleground and i left town for two and a half months and shot battleground and then by the time i got back to la that's when all the changeover happened at G4 and all the execs were gone. So all those people who were like, we're going to bring you back freelance, no longer worked at the network. Right. So I never actually got a chance to go back. Um, so that's that's why there was like a year.
0: Were you upset at all that that all went down the way it did? Were you like, how did someone not see this coming? In. In the when I was in the moment, yeah. yes, absolutely. Because
1: when you know when you're in it, it's emotional like, kind of stuff. But as soon as I got battleground and was kind of taken out of the situation, I looked back and was like, "Never mind. This is the way it was supposed to happen." Mm-hmm. Um, I could have gotten caught up in contracts that I wouldn't have been able to leave if right. it hadn't happened that way. So I was very thankful of it. But at the time. You know, anytime you feel like you've gotten rejected from something, you take it personally. Right. And then you get over that. You get over your ego and you're like, oh, never mind. I like it better this way anyway.
0: And how did you get Battleground and what is Battleground?
1: Uh, so Battleground's the show I did for Hulu, the scripted show. Um, and I got – it's funny. I had a lot of – so Jay Hayden, the guy who got cast as the lead in it, he and I were in an acting class together and he was the first person cast and then he was able to get all of his friends' auditions for it, but there was not – A role that was right for me Mm -hmm. the two women who were on the show one was supposed to be a little older and more put together and the other was like a lot younger like 18 and like an intern um but he got a lot of our friends auditions and i was helping our friends with their auditions for it and then all of a sudden like out of the blue my manager's like hey i got you an audition for this show battleground i'm like for what role and she sends it over to me and they had changed one of the guy roles to a girl Weirdly enough, the guy was originally named Ali. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be like this Middle Eastern computer tech guy. And I was like, oh, but now he's Ali and he's into tech or she's into tech. Right? And I was like, this is it. And I went in and auditioned and lo and behold, got I tested against two guys. It was myself and two guys and I got the job. But it was because they switched a guy's role to
0: a girl. That's so cool. Yeah. Where And where did that film?
1: Madison, Wisconsin.
0: Um, Okay. Jake M Larson wants to know: Do the single L Allisons have a club that gets together and shit talks? The double Ls, yes, Tuesday nights. Uh, Elliot Court wants to know: When she was working as a bartender, did Allison have a notion of what "quote unquote" making it meant for her? If so, what was that? I still don't know if I have an idea
1: of what making it means. I think, I think definitely a big step is being able is that I've supported myself mm-hmm. with my craft since 2008 which you know that's awesome but i don't know if my if in my head i've actually made it i think that's something that actors struggle with is that you're always sort of reaching for another higher goal like unless you become brad pitt i don't know if you've ever felt like you've made it you know i
0: suspect even brad pitt yeah is like i was doing better in this year. I mean, right. I, or Brad I just, Pitt's like, I'm not Clint Eastwood. Yeah. You know?
1: And Clint Eastwood's like, I'm not John Wayne. Like until you have that legacy. I
0: think that's sort of the illusion of this industry. Yeah. Is that it's always, it's, Oh, there's always another level to get to. Right. Um, but do you have an idea in your head of like, Oh, like if you had your late night show, then would you feel like you've made it? Is that work? yeah,
1: maybe I think, I think if I ever feel Because I guess what I've realized is that even when I have a job, you still feel like there's a chance you're never going to work again. Mm -hmm. So if I ever get to a point where I stop feeling like I'm never going to work again, then I'll feel like I've made it. (laughs) How do you deal with that? Ugh, therapy. (laughs) 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 I mean, that's part of it. Just having really good friends. I I really think it's a... I always say the two things you need when you live in Los Angeles is a really solid friend group because I think it's easy to get lost Mm -hmm. in, in the bullshit of l a um and you also have to love what you drive.
0: It doesn't <laughs> necessarily
1: have to be a nice car, you just have to love it,
0: yes, and that's how you'll stay sane in l a but that's y- so funny. that's how I justified getting a new car a few years ago was like I can't i because I had um I'd only ever had Hondas, and I had a yeah. really old Honda accord, and it was physically uncomfortable and it was I don't know it was like this particular Honda accord was somewhat defective because I had a <laughs> my friend had one that was either a year younger or older. Which in cars, I don't know what direction that is. Right. But I remember driving his and being like, oh, this one, when you turn, it doesn't throw you across the car. It's just it's just better. So they fixed it. Like your year was the bad year. And then they're like, oh, yeah. oh we got to fix that car. It just felt, it was just, I just, I loathed, from the begin from the moment I had that car, I missed the one I had before mm-hmm. that died. I loathed that car. I had it for years and years and years. And then finally I was like, I spend so much of my life in a car. I need to have one that I like You need I to like be better. happy in it. Yeah. 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 So what do you drive? Uh, i do love a volkswagen it. gti and i do love it i do love it um victor buono says question for hayslip hmm. will you be doing any more photo shoots like the me in my place was comfortable <laughs> being in just underwear <gasps> i did me in my place for the voice i mean that's all pr stuff that
1: just has to depend with the type of show that i'm on and if I don't have a problem. I, I, Growing up, I always wanted to be in Maxim. I just thought like the <laughs> girls in Maxim were so hot and they looked so good and they weren't in Playboy. Like yeah. they weren't naked, but they were still like sexy and hot. And so I did a me in my place and I actually did a Maxim shoot too. So I'm not opposed to it. I mean, I feel like.
0: Did they I, give you champagne? No. At Maxim? They didn't give you any no, alcohol? No. A uh, friend of mine, I used to work at Time Out in New York. Yeah. And my friend who was the photo editor had come from Maxim. Or stuff. I can't remember. But I know that she said like the secret to their cover shoots is champagne. Champagne. If I was doing a cover shoot, I'd probably want a glass or two of bubbly stuff. Jordan Brown says, does she like the nickname Slippy that Nerdist calls her? Is there other nicknames she is called? That's Chris Hardwick. He named me Slippy on the show. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I love when Hardwick calls me Slippy. It's kind of weird
1: when he doesn't call me Slippy Mm -hmm. at this point. Like he's mad at you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or like when he actually says Allison, I'm like, oh, did I just get in trouble? Like, (laughs) are you my mom? (laughs) What just happened? Are there other nicknames? Is that the question? I have a friend who calls me Slippers. Um, What else do I have? There was a guy in college who used to call me filet because he would say that I was the size of a good filet. <laughs> so how did you feel about that? At first, I didn't get it. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, your waist, your waist is like the size of a good filet. And I was like, oh,
0: I feel like okay. that's a weird,
1: it's a really weird compliment. Yeah. I was like, thanks for looking at me
0: like I'm literally a piece of meat. <laughs> that's true. Um, speaking of, are you in a relationship? Are you dating? No, mm-hmm. I am so
1: single. can you tell my desperation i'm like i'm so single
0: uh do are you someone who tends to be in long relationships
1: no but i am someone who if i'm getting into a relationship it's because I think it's right. I'm not someone who gets into a relationship just to be in a relationship. Right. So that's why I tend have, to stay single. Do you have a history of bad relationships? Um, I have a history of attracting guys who shouldn't be in relationships, if that makes sense. What? Like the people you meet in online dating? Yeah. Oh, no. Well, no. I, I can't online date. That terrifies me. Because this is probably my biggest problem is that I hate dating. Mm-hmm. I hate like the thought of meeting someone and that person being like, let me take you out for a drink or let me take you out to dinner. And then you sit there and you're like... Going through an interview. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I tend to date people who I meet, you know, either through a friend or at some event or something like that because we've met in in a situation that doesn't have that pressure on it.
0: So when you say – I should just ask you instead of of guess at what you mean because that's actually how an interview works. When you say you tend to attract people who shouldn't be in relationships, what do you mean? Uh,
1: I mean – what do I mean? Just like – I, I seem to have a knack for getting guys and then we get into something and then once it hits the point of being like, okay, we're in a relationship, they freak the fuck out. Mm. And then, you know, one guy was like, I need to go to AA and another guy was like, I have, need therapy. And I'm like, what is it about me that like – I feel like maybe I'm a mirror and all of a sudden people like see themselves and they, I don't know because right. – I I talk to many of my guy friends about this, and they're like, "No, you're not a terrible girlfriend." Like that's the thing. I'm oh, like, "Oh, do you worry? What do that, I do? You do you, know? you worry that you are?" Well, when I, when I have my kind of track record, yes, but in the moment, no. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. What do you got for me? Um, I'm like,
0: analyze me, please. Help <laughs> me out. <laughs> I mean, I d- I just think there are a lot of guys who will get into relationships. Who don't really want to be in anything right. serious? I right. mean, that was like my my online dating question. My sense when I, I did online dating a long time ago was there are guys who just want to go on a first or second date with. A, I mean, it's just, there's so many options. Yeah. So it's like you are not looking to settle down at all. You just want to go on a lot of dates, right? To have fun. But you I think guess. it's because you're just not meeting the right one. Right. Yes. I, I don't know. But then I know people who would have gotten married that way. So, um, but in the two stories you told, not knowing anything else, my thing would be like, but couldn't they be in a relationship and go to AA or be in a relationship and go to therapy at the same time? Yeah, you would think. That's yeah. always
1: something that pops into my head. But then I think I finally hit the point where like when that's come up, I'm like, Oh, never mind, please go fix yourself. Right. I don't want to be a part of it.
0: But if you're with guys who decide they want to fix themselves, And that was something they realized in their relationship with you. That's actually a really nice thing, I think, you know. means there's a level of introspection happening. Right,
1: right. That's that's kind of how I feel like when I say I'm a mirror, like for some reason they figure something out when they're with me. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Because I'm deep. Right.
0: (laughs) Well, were you heartbroken?
1: Uh, I mean, I have been, yeah. It's been a little while since I have been, thankfully. But I went through a bad one probably Two and a half years ago,
0: I'm going to say. What happened?
1: Uh, that's the guy who was like, I need to go into AA. And that th- I think that was kind of the problem is because he was so open about what he was struggling with that I felt the need to be empathetic and caring. Mm-hmm. And I let myself hang around too long. Right. And, got, and, and let myself care for too long after the relationship.
0: And then finally realized I needed to just back care out. Care about how – about his – And what he was going yeah. through. and I, Well, it's yeah. really easy – I mean that's like the whole AA Al-Anon thing. Yes, like it's yeah. It's really easy to become codependent when you're right. dealing with someone who is has substance abuse issues and is making themselves vulnerable to you. Right, and then you start to monitor it, and then you get a high off of feeling effective, but it, you're not working on yourself. You're just right. working on them. And right. Is that the guy that you mentioned earlier?
1: Oh no, from the Prism Awards. Yeah, no, that that. That guy that was, was just, a he was just a very good friend of mine. Um, right. We were actually roommates. Uh, and that was probably four years ago, I want to say. This guy yeah. who
0: um, went to AA, yeah. did you feel like his drinking was a problem? Had you noticed?
1: Well, no, because what was weird is while we were actually dating, he wasn't drinking. So oh. it never occurred to me. Because I didn't realize he wasn't drinking because he thought he had a problem. I just thought he wasn't drinking because he didn't want to drink, you know? I have friends like
0: that. It wasn't a big deal. Right. So...
1: I didn't notice he had a
0: problem. He had to then tell me he had a problem. Right. And I was like, oh. But he had on his own just quit drinking. and that You hear yeah. that story. You hear about that, about people who, by the time they get to AA, they've already been sober for a year. Right. But then they right. decide to sort of really hunker down. Yeah. Let's do Just Me or Everyone. This is where people write in with things they think or do and they wonder, is it Just Me or Everyone? And there's a song. Oh, yes. Sometimes I ponder on something.
1: Everyone. I literally looked up on the wall and saw Just Me or Everyone that's on right. the wall right there. right. <laughs> on
0: the collage that superfan <laughs> Megan made. That's awesome. Oh, it's time for Just Me or Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin the Earthling says, when singing along with songs, mumble lyrics I don't know quietly. Come the chorus, I belt out those words like I wrote them. Oh, yeah. That's so, what you absolutely. have to do. That's, Sometimes I everyone. sing the wrong lyrics very loudly, too, as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I had a Lyft driver tell me once that I was singing the wrong words and I was like, you don't understand that I'm drunk and don't care. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you sing? Oh yeah. In the car all the time. <laughs> Tanya says, "Sneezing feels wonderful when you are sick." Um, I think sneezing feels wonderful anytime you need to sneeze. Yeah. As opposed to what happens to me, which is I go, huh? "Oh, that doesn't I get I, I hate that." Stuck. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's like I get graphic, right? It's like when yeah. you're, it's like when you're about to orgasm, but for some reason you just can't yet. Yeah, like I
0: just, just do it. Yeah, <laughs> just, how do I, right. And yeah. you're, I, I never understand what happened. Like, did yeah. did a thought enter my head? Where did the yeah. sneeze go? <laughs> right, exactly. And then I'm always like, look at the light, or think of purple yes, or something like. That. I look at the light too. <laughs> Is that? Um, it does seem to work, but I'm like, know. why I do think I? think do It do might this? just be looking up. Okay, I have no or like, idea. Relaxing yourself or Maybe. something. I heard. Look at the light. If you want to sneeze, think of a cow. If you don't want to sneeze, it's. I don't what? think there's science behind that. <laughs> <laughs> but don't think of a duck, because then you're screwed. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Ray Morgan says, try not to remember a loved one's death date, because then I'll have an annual bummer day. I can't not remember. Oh, I
1: I can't think of any, and that I mean. Not that I haven't had loved ones die, but I, I guess I haven't had, like, it's not like I've lost a parent, thank right, God. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can remember general – like I know my grandfather died in like March or April my freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't tell you the exact date.
0: That's interesting because yeah. my grandparents, I don't remember the days. Yeah. Although I know that my mom remembers the days. Yeah, of course. So I think it has to do – I think it's like the level of trauma associated yeah. with the death probably. Absolutely. But Absolutely. yeah, with certain – with with traumatic anniversaries, I, I they're just seared into my brain. Yeah. Christopher says – just smear everyone, when I inadvertently signal a left turn, I feel I should undo it with a momentary right turn signal. I totally know what you mean. <laughs> I know what you mean, but also in my current car, the one that I got because I couldn't stand my other car. Yeah. It's really easy to accidentally hit the turn signals and then you're that old woman who's riding around with your turn signal on, on for a forever? while. ever. That it, gives me anxiety if I'm behind a car like that. I'm like, you just turn left. It's I know. making me so anxious. It was really <laughs> easy to stop the turn signal in my old car because i just would tap it but in yeah. this one if i just tap it then it goes the other direction Ugh. it's like hard to shut it off that's annoying yeah there's like yeah. an explosion of light before i get but it i to do stop. get the the wanting, wanting to undo to, it yeah exactly yes.
1: in japan in some um elevators like if you accidentally hit the wrong floor you can hit the button again and it takes it off i'm like that's, that's genius smart right Why don't we have that i don't know
0: because it would just... stop
1: kids from hitting all the buttons so yeah you don't have to stop on every floor
0: Here's a just me or everyone. That's a, kind of an obvious one. I'm surprised we've never done it unless we have. When you're pushing the button, the crosswalk button, yeah. how many times do you push it?
1: Oh, a bunch.
0: I give it like yeah. four to 14. <laughs> four <laughs> to
1: I'm a also lot. the person I mean, a lot. who even if someone else is already standing there, I will still go up and push it because there's no you guarantee that that person pushed it. Right. Yeah. This
2: just happened to me yesterday. I was crossing oh. the street and I was four steps, not even four steps ahead of this guy, two steps and I, and I could tell the guy was headed in the same direction as me. And I hit the button and he was right behind me. And I thought, is this guy going to hit the button? <laughs> yeah. And he hit it like 20 times. He was like, bing, 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 bing. And I and I was like, okay. I was just wondering. But I really wanted to turn around and say, oh, well, I didn't realize that you were in a rush. So now there's <laughs> yeah. traffic lights in other intersections that the heard changing. your signal and are changing now for you. Which you- I,
1: I also feel like that button doesn't do anything. Well, I it's like, like the
0: elevator close button. It you know? should light up or something. Yeah. Because that's how you know it registered you're pushing it 20 times. Yes.
1: But people
2: do that, if I may. There are the ones that the little they do have a little LED and they make the like boop boop sounds. Yes. Oh yeah. And I think that was supposed to be sensory reminder. Like yes, we heard the you. Button's been pushed. But then people just kind of like the boop boop sounds. Yes. And they're like
0: do 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 It should be
2: an an objectionable noise.
0: I was actually at I was at one that had the audio for the visually impaired, mm-hmm. and I forget. I wish I could remember what it said. I think it's like not yet. Oh, oh yeah. Really? Or don't go yet. So yes. I was that. That adult who's, like, pushing it over, like, not yet. <laughs> not yet. I <laughs> 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 just kept pushing it. You'd have to. It was a really entertaining intersection. Phil Scrogg says, oh, no, I skipped one. And by the way, I feel like I'm going to get mail now from people who are like, that's really rude to the visually impaired because I don't know why, but it probably is. Jamie says, when I break or clog a toilet at someone else's house... I love that there's multiple times that this has happened to you, right. but it can be a when I. When I break or clog a toilet at someone else's house, I sneak away hoping no one notices. If they do, I deny using the toilet. Ooh. That's awful. That is, I, my guts clenched up just thinking about it. I do have a famous story of clogging my now husband's toilet oh. when we were dating. Ooh. And I, I, there was nothing I could do but just tell him what happened. Um, <laughs> How did that go over? Obviously you're not it married so you're we're okay. Married, so it went okay. I think I I was mortified but I th- think I I'm trying to remember. No, actually I was going to say I think I knew it was going to be okay, but that's not true. When he continued to want to date me and be intimate with me, uh, I was actually really surprised. Cuz yes. I think I was like I'm a disgusting human being. <laughs> And now he knows, and certainly he will never want to be with me again. Right. But, oh, well, I don't know what to do because he's going to know. Yeah. It's not like there was anyone else in here. Yeah. Ugh. Oof. Anyway.
2: Everybody poops.
0: Oh, there's a book about it's that. It's a book. <laughs> yeah, It but... must be true. Except the queen. <laughs> right. But there's something about, like, it's like a poop fail. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think it's the opposite of a poop fail. <laughs>
0: The other day I was at someone's house and it was just, just the number one. And I flushed and the toilet paper wouldn't go down. Oh, and that's was like, so annoying. I hate this because that makes it seem like, first of all, there's yes. double flush. Make, so who knows what's going on in there? And it just seems like, what were you doing in there when I was just doing everything the way you're supposed to? Right. Not a lot of toilet paper. It's your water pressure that sucks, man. Yeah. yeah. I really appreciate a powerful flushing mechanism. Exactly.
2: That happened to me at Corolla's shop where I went in there, and sometimes the water level you can tell is a little high before yes. you start, and you yeah. know, oh, there's something going on down there. <laughs> right. And I was just number one, but I knew that when I flushed it, something it was gonna, was gonna it was gonna overflow, and I thought, oh, I'm, I'm gonna take the heat for somebody else's
1: cloth. Yes.
0: <clears throat> Do you alert. remember? I was gonna say there was there was a guy, one of our former coworkers. We both used to work with Corolla, right. and one of our former coworkers was known. I don't know if it was legitimate or if he got the nickname the Porcelain Punisher. Oh no, was it warranted? I just know one yeah. it was. Yes. Oof. Okay, I know. I mean, I think it goes back to the Donnie days when and his
2: father. It turns out his father had a similar nickname in college. Oh really? wow! Yeah. So it's
0: genetic. Genetic. Wow. I know that, like, Adam was yelling about something and he had was getting diarrhea. Donnie was like, you're giving Matt diarrhea or something oh, like that. Oh, no. But anyway, I just remember one day there was a sign on the women's bathroom that said, out of order, not Matt's fault. <laughs> 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 that was pretty funny. Okay. Phil Scrogg says, just me everyone, I wish you could pinch to zoom in on Instagram photos. Yes, although I, I wish you could yeah. zoom out on Instagram photos more than zoom in but regardless the fact that instagram photos you can't do anything size-wise yes i agree frustrating i agree diego says just mirror everyone two egg omelet is too small three egg omelet is way too big do you mean in a restaurant where a three egg omelet is like a six egg omelet or do you mean at home because i think i I don't need eggs so i I, I prefer a no
1: egg omelet that's in your
0: twitter bio yes i think it's my instagram bio but yeah right i don't eat eggs deal with it yes do you get a lot of guff
1: yeah because like anytime i go out to breakfast with people menus are 90 percent eggs yeah and so i'm the one who orders like granola and a side of bacon and they're like why and i'm like i don't eat eggs and people are like what do you mean you don't eat eggs i'm like i just i'm a child i find them gross i attempt to eat them every once in a while and every time i do i'm like nope still hate eggs
0: oh i do that with cucumber yeah i can see that what do you say? I could see that. I could see. Yeah. You hating cucumber. Is it the texture? Is it the taste? Is it everything? It's kind of everything. Have like you, I'm obviously okay with described. egg being
1: baked into cakes and things like that. Right. Um, yeah. I've just I've just never liked eggs. My dad actually asked me about it recently. He's like, you <laughs> the whole issue? With I was the like, Dad, don't you remember? Like growing up, every Saturday morning he'd cook us all breakfast, but I would never eat the eggs. I would only eat bacon. Mm-hmm. I love my meat.
0: <laughs> What's the grossest type of egg for you?
1: Oof. I don't mean um, I don't mean type of egg. I mean right the way preparation. The, it's prepared.
0: Yeah. What would be the most challenging for you?
1: Uh, probably. Down. Gosh, I don't even. What What is it when like you can crack the yolk open, but the the white stuff's all cooked? I don't even know. Oh, just like a sunny, fried sunny egg. Fri- like a fried egg. Yeah, yeah.
0: over yeah. easy. I think is what that is. Over easy.
2: Yeah. yeah. Poached kind of comes out that way too. Mm, right. Yeah. There's yeah. a bunch of. Them.
0: Would a hard boiled egg be the easiest, or is that also probably,
1: super? Probably, but that's those are the ones that I've like tried to. Give a shot before and like cover them in salt, and I'm still like nah, that still tastes like egg. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Egg whites?
0: No, no, I'm just, just no can do.
2: Eggshells? Eggshells? <laughs> no yeah, girl? I'll just I'll just chew on those.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that's real egg like eggy flavored, but isn't egg. What about French toast? I don't. Yeah, I don't really eat French toast because of the eggs.
1: Well, no, because to me French toast is like dessert for breakfast, and I'm like I'd rather have. Me bacon <laughs> yeah i
2: like your attitude yeah um what about tofu
1: oh no oh it is eggy. a texture yeah. thing yeah oh they're, I'm, they're, I'm sure there's a lot of textures i won't eat but there's oh, definitely the taste of egg as well
0: what else yeah. won't you eat this Ooh. is this is what i find well i don't drink
1: coffee either which people kind of freak out about yeah yeah and it's because i don't like the taste of coffee i love caffeine Give me a soda any day of the week, but right, a coffee. But no, okay. ugh, Do I don't even like-, like coffee ice cream. I'm like, ugh.
0: Okay. Yeah. Do you like any hot beverage? Tea. I'll drink tea. Mm-hmm. Like a green tea. It's right. It's normally what I prefer. What else?
1: Um, I'm not a licorice person, like black licorice. Right. But I, f- I feel like people either are totally for black licorice or totally against so it. So to be a polarizing flavor. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um yeah and probably...
2: it's not like anything else it's no. it's its own deal mm-hmm.
1: right my my brother has a huge aversion to mustard he won't have really it's like, a very popular condiment i i know but even if it's not just like the condiment even if it's like cooked into a sauce for like a chicken or something uh-huh. like that he won't eat it wow yeah are you hay
0: slips i know where I, are. where are you with mustard i love mustard bring it what about mayonnaise
1: Mm, mayonnaise I'm okay with in like a tuna fish sandwich but Mm -hmm. I don't need just mayonnaise on anything no
2: mayonnaise is kind of close to being eggy it's like a it's like an oily egg
0: right with vinegar in it yeah Uh, mayonnaise freaks me out again if it's in something I'm okay with it but the idea of like just like I could eat a dab of mustard but with mayonnaise it's like I'd rather eat a dab of conditioner (laughs) 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 Uh, i turned my own stomach april zeatnik bassler says when emailing a document to myself i write a note to myself in the body of the email saying what to do with that document that is smart i don't do that i email myself appointment reminders that's smart like if i've if i'm out
1: and i've like made an appointment for to get my hair done i email myself the appointment so i remember it
0: that's smart yeah what i've started doing is when i make when I jot things down on a to-do list, and I feel like this is probably something I learned from some productivity website or something. <laughs> but instead of just writing the name, right. I write down like what I actually have to do. Because if there's like a bunch of emails I need to send, let's say I need to send an email to someone named Sam, instead of just writing Sam, because right. now I'm at the point where I'll be like, Sam, what is that? Yeah. And be like, write Sam about this or that. Um, okay. And lastly, Jenny Lynn says, "My dog only poops facing north." What is that? H- how do you know where north is? Yeah. First of all, well, I guess if you Look live at
1: in your LA, dog. <laughs> <laughs> if you live in LA, you always have a pretty good idea of the directions here because our our city is like a grid. But I can't imagine if you're anywhere else, right? Is Wait, that true?
2: Which way is Mecca? Maybe it's a Muslim. Ah, <laughs> don't Muslim dogs do that?
0: Um, that's I, east though. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Well, Maybe if you went straight up over the equator.
0: Mm. I don't know. I, f- I think Wendy will poop in any old direction. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought She's don't know a
2: Unitarian. This,
0: I, I want to think this is a joke, but I don't think it is because I think that Jenny Wynn is a sincere person. So maybe you do have a special dog with some kind of like sense of where maybe due north is. it's got like is. a compass in its head,
1: you know, like one of those magnets. And it can only right. really feel centered if it's facing north. That's cool. If
0: so, is this like yeah. the dog version of people who won't poop in a public restroom? Hmm. <laughs>
1: Maybe,
2: or maybe it's that the sun is typically towards the south as it goes from east to west, and so as dogs greet each other by sniffing their butts, it's oh. showing its butt to, to the, the sun.
0: sun. It's it's I'm reaching here, spiritual. But, thank you. I, I mean, love the dog it. whisperer, he would know. Yes.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. I never heard that one.
0: Yeah, I, my my sense is that dogs really will poop in any old any old place. Yeah. In, in any direction. But I mean, I like the idea of a finicky dog.
2: I'd yeah, like to idea. interview
0: that dog. <laughs> I would
2: like to do a double blind test with that dog. Ooh. You know, do it in a warehouse where it can't see sunlight. Right. Get it and dizzy. Make itself.
0: it spin around in circles first. Yeah. Get, it, get it dizzy. Yeah. Make it chase yeah. some tail. Get the dog wasted and then see where it poops. <laughs> That's right.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, before we move on, the song that you were thinking of, is it the Quotient song?
1: I don't know. Maybe Because when you
2: were singing that calculus song, it rang a bell.
1: Yeah. See do what you have is. it?
0: All right, we're gonna do loady high. Oh my god. Oh no. High. High. Minus high hidey low. Minus high de high low. All, over low, All <laughs> over low square. But it might be illustrating the same the same thing. principle. Yeah which i don't know what that is. This was Mr.
1: Farber and he would bring an acoustic guitar to class and he would sing us this thing. I just remember the part that went low d high less high d low. Da, 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 da.
0: What is the, the high and the low? It's the and thing the d. below
1: the d is the weird it's not actually a d it's that symbol that like that's a sign yeah the derivative and it's low derivative of the high and then high
0: le- minus high derivative of the low
1: i think. Wow, we are getting like, super into it on this
0: one. I hope a lot of people who are super into math are listening. Yeah, and they're <laughs> laughing at us. <laughs> well,
2: there are a bunch of these on YouTube, which is...
0: A bunch of math songs? Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
2: The formula that they're showing on here looks like the right one. I,
0: this is a, a snappy song. far. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, taking derivatives It's a touch of cinch It is so simple With the power rule It can be done Even by a fool But I was really Stumped one time I told us how to do, do plus anything yet right. to the nine I was so scared What do I do? But the poster's name got got is Dare Fuhrer
0: 101 was oh, it's close, but it's not I like that they have oohs in the background Yeah, it's a real It's like Phil Spector produced this
2: Oh, well, I tried Is this, is this the formula that you're thinking of? Uh, we are I
0: mean, now looking possibly. at formulas
1: You have to remember I haven't actually used calculus Since my senior year in high school So There's a bunch of these no it surprise it looks like calculus. Something.
0: Yeah. Well, Slippy. (laughs) It's been delightful having you on the show. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much, you guys. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com It doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps out the show. Thank you for all your amazing Amazon support. Thank you for your PayPal support. There's PayPal links on the right side of my website. We have two ringtones available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. But also, I want it. You need it. Yeah. Touch the tushy, this touch, one's touch the tushy, tushy, touch a hot summer the tushy, jam.
2: Touch, touch, Where do you tushy, get these? Touch, the tushy, that
0: touch, is touch, from a story tushy, on... Tushy, so I, this tushy, show comes out Monday and Thursday. Monday is yeah. a one-on-one with like this that we're doing on Thursday as a panel. And there was a whole long story that my husband told of patting my butt. <laughs> I didn't realize he was patting my butt because he was trying to like get me to move. I was in his way. Oh, and hilarious. I thought he was just patting my butt. Yeah. And I... Like I don't know when, why he started saying Touch the Tushy, but anyway an awesome listener put this together based oh, on wow. him saying "touch." Oh, because he came up with a song, a Touch the Tushy song, and then set this to music Anyway, these are both available on gumroad.com gumroa dcom slash Allison Rosen gumroad.com slash Allison Rosen Two special bonus episodes available recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival First one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops Next one with Doug Benson, musician Matt Costa, and the former Thursday gang those are a dollar 99 in the comedy album section of the itunes store i will be performing my podcast live at bumbershoot all three days um come see us it's up in seattle over labor day go to bumbershoot.com for more info on that follow me on twitter at alison rosen Follow the show's twitter feed at ariwaymbf email us ariwaymbf show at gmail.com jeff where should we go for you
2: you can find me at colonel jeff fox on twitter facebook an Instagram.
0: Excellent. And Allison, tell the listeners um where they can find you and what they should look out for and just plug everything you want to plug. Oh, plugging
1: away. Uh well, on Twitter and Instagram, I am at Allison Hayslip, A L I S O N H A I S L I P, and uh please watch BattleBots 9 p.m. Sundays on ABC. Our final episode's in two. I don't know when this airs. So this will air Monday. Okay, so, so our, our final episode week, will be right? coming up. Yeah, yeah. So please watch our final episode. Um, and then also, Con Man will be out September thirtieth on Vimeo. So check Excellent. that out. Excellent. Thank yeah. you so much. This Thank was you. Was this is so fun.
0: Bye, you guys. I love you. Goodbye.
2: Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Rosie